0: Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com.
1: Hey, Paratruthers. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth. With their help, we are continuing to bring amazing new content to our listeners every week. So if you feel the urge to donate, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth, where you can just donate only a dollar and get some amazing rewards for your donation. Again, that's paratruthradio.com forward slash paratruth. Go check it out.
0: Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> This is the Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And once again, we continue our series on Ghost Hunting 101. And today, what we're going to begin with is a little discussion as to how to go about choosing your locations. So, locations, you would think, is a pretty simple thing to, to conjure up. But in reality, you need to take your time, do the research before officially choosing a location. And there's a number of different reasons as to why that is. Uh, And those reasons we're going to go ahead and discuss right now. Uh, Probably the first one that you want to pay attention to on location is sound. I think that's a pretty fair thing to think about is your audio. What's your audio going to sound like at the the location? Mm -hmm. You don't want to choose a location that's sitting right next to a highway. Uh, reason being is the highway is going to drown out or muffle out uh, any type of EVPs that you might get or any type of uh, uh, audio recordings uh, on, on cameras and whatnot that you might not hear or that you might hear without the uh, the background noise, you know, little knocks and footsteps, things like that. Unfortunately, trucks and cars driving down a highway behind a building is going to disrupt that. Uh, and if not disrupt it, can cause you to mistakenly think that the highway is actually a paranormal phenomena happening right. on the camera. So that's right. uh, probably one of the most important things I think uh, that you'd really need to look out for and be aware of. Not that there can't be roads around because obviously there's going to be roads, but more so just think about like how busy are those roads? Do you have the means to have those roads closed down if necessary? Uh, Or is it something you just need to walk away from altogether because of excessive noise? Uh, And again, it doesn't have to be just roads. It could be a number of different things. It could be an airport. It could be uh,
1: a a nearby construction site, things like that. So, so one thing that I, I did want to mention is like Eric said, I mean, be aware we're not saying you shouldn't do an investigation in, in a high, um, high traffic area, but at the same time, Maybe you shouldn't rely on the audio evidence if that's what you're going to be doing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there are plenty of uh, active areas that might be next to a highway, but you're just going to have to get evidence through pictures, maybe even personal experiences, that sort of a thing over the audio.
0: So another thing you want to think about when doing your locations is what the location itself is like. And I'm not talking about the the outside, the, the surrounding area. I'm talking about the actual place you're going to be uh, con- conducting your investigation. Is it safe? Is it sound? Is it a place that you can safely put people uh, without possibility of injury? Now, note, there's always going to be a chance for an injury. Uh, you're usually walking around in the pitch black, often in cluttered basements and things like that. Uh, but you still want to be careful that you're not in some rickety old shack that has the walls caving in, or there's a possibility of a floor opening up underneath you. Uh, these things, I mean, obviously there are moments where you see something and you want to do it, but you have to be smart. If you're doing it yourself, that's one thing you put your own life at risk, but to bring on a crew. That's a whole other thing. And again, we were talking about paperwork a couple of episodes ago. And this is something that, again, you would have paperwork for. Uh, These are safety releases stating that you are not only cleared free from any injuries that happen while doing your investigation, but you also have all the emergency contact information of your uh, quote unquote employees uh, or crew, whatever it depends if you're paying them. Uh, And also you know, what their allergies are, what they're allergic to, medications, things like that. And then you got to have these basic things if you're going to run a crew successfully. Uh, again, if you're just doing this with friends, that's one thing. But if you're looking to really build credibility, you need to make sure that you are doing everything professionally because uh, professionality does build credibility. So, be wary of the types of places that you're, you, that you're going uh, in terms of safety. Uh, that is a big deal, a very big deal. And it's sad, but people do end up getting hurt and even losing their lives and things like this. So it's just something to,
1: to pay attention to. I I do agree. And, um, I think that's one thing that may be even more important than a lot of the other stuff. It is not just covering yourself, but covering your, your, uh, crew as well, because anything could happen. I mean, you don't even have to be doing an investigation, or I mean, you, you could be doing an investigation outside rather, and somebody's allergic to bees and they get mm-hmm. stung by a bee. <laughs> what are you supposed to do?
0: I mean, and a fair, you know, when you and I were doing the investigation at uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's house, uh, we were forewarned that there may be nails in trees. Uh, because he used to nail animals up on the thing, and I almost had my eye taken out by a nail. There's right. something just the right, you know, height. And of course, at night you don't see those things. I just happened to like a flashlight, caught glance of it I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but those are things that you need to be careful of because if you know, I could have lost an eye if, if I didn't
1: happen to pick a flashlight up. So, and I think that's funny because on just the last episode. You emphasize the importance of flashlight. <laughs> yeah, flashlights are important. I mean, there's no, no way around that. Well, and I, I think a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is more so places that people are going to be able to get in for like abandoned places, right?
0: Well, sure. I mean, more so. I mean-, I mean, it could, and maybe it's. I mean, it doesn't have to be ended. It could be uh, just areas of a house that are weak or uh, a bad shed. You might be in a house that's nice, but there's also a shed in the back that you want to check out or a barn. You know, those are things you all need to be careful of. So it's just something to be wary of. You know, I mean, uh, here's the thing: you can talk to the owners of the property, especially if the owner wants an investigation done, they're probably not going to be completely upfront with you. They're going to tell you things that are going to guide you to their property to do the investigation. So when it comes to safety uh, and all that, it's something you need to take into your own hands and handle yourself. If that means going and doing a uh, pre-investigation of the property itself, and I don't mean like going and doing a pre-investigation of the haunting. Just going and investigating the property, mm-hmm. uh, then you go and do that, no matter how far it is. Uh, you know, obviously if it's a like cross-country. Unless you got a, a, a reputable person out there who can tell you that you trust that it's okay, uh, you, then you just have to do what you got to do. But always take matters into your own hands in that in those cases because there are people out there who just, they're, they're not going to have the same concern as you should have uh, regarding your own safety. Uh, especially if they're so deep in like a paranormal situation that they just want answers to, they're going to do what they can to get you out there. Yeah. So th- those are the, really the two, three main basic things that you really want to look out for first and foremost. You know, pay attention to those things, uh, and then you can go on from there. So let's go ahead and transition into the the meat of it: what you really want to know. How do you go about choosing an invest a a, uh, a location for your investigation? And I don't mean like just worrying about safety and stuff. I'm talking about the actual ghost hunt. How do you go about choosing the right one? Where you know or believe that you can possibly get clear evidence or at least some type of evidence of paranormal situations and this is all going to come down to research you are probably going to start off by hearing it by word of mouth and whatnot but in the end it's going to be research you're going to go online you're going to uh, type in whatever you need to type in in google to learn more about the location learn about its history learn about who owned it learn about uh any deaths that occurred either on or off the property, you know, all those things you want to know. You want to know what happened and how long it's been built, how many families and generations have lived in the house or on the property. All that stuff's going to help you in the long run. Not only is it going to help you understand the history of the property, it's also going to give you a detailed explanation as to what happened on it, which will then allow you to create better questions when you go in and, and investigate the property itself. Uh, and on top of that, if something has a very long history, There's a better chance that you're going to have a a stronger possibility of interacting with Mm -hmm. something paranormal. So definitely something you want to pay attention to and look into is doing your research is very important. Uh, Beside that, I think one of the big things is just taking the time to figure out what's in your general location. When you're first starting out, focus on what's in your city. Focus what's on your neighborhood, focus on your neighbors, things like that. Uh, when Justin and I first started, our first location was my parents' basement and my sister's bedroom. Yep. Those are the two main locations that we started in. And from there, we branched out and we started doing you know, commercial places and we started doing private residence and things like that. So you start off small and as you build your understanding of the equipment – and your understanding of the investigative process, you can then branch out and become uh, more of the team that you want to become if you want to do it professionally.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing that I have to say is is if you're doing if you're doing research, you find haunted locations in your area. Maybe they're abandoned or in a local park. Uh, one thing that I would strongly, strongly, strongly suggest and even say you must do this is make sure it's okay for you to be there. Don't just show up on private property. And just because it's a haunted location and nobody lives there or anything, think it's okay to do an investigation Mm -hmm. there. Um, There's this thing called trespassing. And uh, (laughs) when there's a sign that says no trespassing, then trespassing is not what you do. I mean the uh, the one uh, former tuberculosis and psychiatric hospital that is shut down, no longer uh, working uh, is called San Haven here in North Dakota. and a lot of people have gone there for investigations. Um, I don't know that it's even open to the public anymore because I have tried contacting people and have not gotten a response. So, I mean, A, either they're busy, or B, they don't want people there anymore because, first and foremost, Sandhaven is abandoned, and I believe it's starting to get to the point where it's starting to decay a little bit. So, mm-hmm. there's probably rickety stairs, holes in floors, that sort of thing. They don't want people getting hurt.
0: Another thing to consider is that your your location doesn't have to be a building. It doesn't have to be someplace that you're cooped up inside or locked down in or anything like that. Uh, you can, you can go to a cemetery. You can go to a park. You can go to, uh, a playground. You can go, you know, to all these different places that are actually public property. Uh, of course, beware there. Are, most of these places do have curfews. Uh, most of them aren't open after dark, but that doesn't mean you can't go do an investigation. It doesn't mean you can't go at dusk. Most of the places are like open from. You know, or closed from dusk to dawn. But there, those type of things that usually have a lot of leeway. Uh, and many parks, even though they're closed, they'll leave the gates open to drive-through. Mm. I mean, come on. You're not going to get in a lot of trouble when you stop for a moment or two to spit off a couple of questions and see what you capture under uh, <laughs> the voice recorder. So, you know, local... Uh, outdoor places are really good considerations, uh, public places, because you don't need permission to go and investigate those places. Uh, you don't need to call any like owners or anything like that to ask about it. It's public domain. So you're free to do it and you can't get in trouble unless you're doing something stupid. If you're going and you're like spray painting stuff for some reason, or you're doing some crazy thing that you're trying to, you know, whatever, stuff like that. And then you got a problem that's going to go against city ordinances. You got to be careful of that kind of stuff. But if you're being respectful, you'll be good as long as you're working on those public uh,
1: properties. Right. Well, I mean, prime example when we did Indigo Lake, and that that I believe was open for to to pretty late because we were there after dark. Um, and I mean, some. Some places like that, you're going to get some go- good evidence. Sometimes you're not. Like Eric was saying about the highway in a public uh, park or something, you're going to have other people around you talking, um, making noises, maybe having a picnic or partying of some kind, that sort of a thing. So be aware of that stuff as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all the stuff that you should be aware of. Just I think the big thing about all of this, this whole episode is going to be just be aware, mm-hmm. uh, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of your crew, be aware of your equipment. Uh, you know, if you're in a public place, don't set up cameras on the road or uh, on on the sidewalk or wherever people are walking. Pedestrians are riding bikes things like that you don't want to do that. Uh, it's inconsiderate and it's very likely you're going to get your property damaged. So don't do that kind of stuff. Uh, if you're going on public places, hold the cameras, hold all your equipment and film that way. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like in the park somewhere, a little bit off path, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's one thing. But if you're on a path, make sure you keep that path clear for other people. Uh, because again, it is a public place, which actually is something that I'm not going to bring up now. But the next episode, we're going to talk about locating uh, or, or placing equipment and stuff and the best places to do that. So that's a good transition into next week's episode. And we will talk
1: about that next week. So, yeah. Well, and uh, one thing that I remember from Indigo Lake, and you'll remember this too, is we were doing a, we were going down a path that was kind of secluded and we were doing a, 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 ghost box section session. And then we were, On our way back, and from behind us, we hear like three girls scream at the top of their lungs, and then just start laughing. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember (laughs) it. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, those are the kind of things you got to be wary of too. Remember that the same place in the gulag, we're walking down and like. The I don't know was it like a, a couple women or something came walking out of the woods like it was pitch black and they were in the <laughs> woods and we're walking and we hear all this rustling and these two women come
1: walking out yeah. like,
0: the, in the world.
1: <laughs> well, and the reason I bring up Indigo Lake is one of the the weirdest pieces of evidence we ever got was there was a green mist that we ended up capturing mm-hmm. on camera and we tried debunking it couldn't debunk it. I mean. It could have been something as simple as the light hit the grass a certain way, which affected the fog that was in the area. Maybe if
0: there was fog in the area,
1: we didn't see any
0: fog or haze or anything like that at the time. So, yeah, that that was an interesting photo. Uh, I still think about I I think when I think of Indigo Lake, that's probably the prime piece of evidence that I do think of Um, that. And then, of course, the whole blood talk. Uh, to right. The <laughs> box. The, the ghost box. But try not to talk about or think about that stuff. Uh,
1: <laughs> so I, I think that you can get decent evidence if you're doing stuff out in an outside location um, or even in an abandoned location, so long as you have permission there. And I think a lot of our evidence that we got was in some of the better evidence was in the outdoor locations. I mean, we did get mm-hmm. some at, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's home and the, um, I don't remember if we got a whole lot of evidence at the business building that we did, but there was evidence at ghost alley that we did. Um, mm-hmm. and I believe there was evidence at the bar that we did together. There was,
0: there might've been one or two small VPs at the bar. Yeah. photos i
1: don't think we had much there because, wasn't a whole lot right
0: yeah uh Dahmer's house we got plenty of evidence uh evp wise at least at least i did um and then yes yeah, that's it because we didn't really get we didn't get too much evidence at uh rockefeller we didn't i don't think we got much of anything really right. significant uh, maybe one or two uh questionable things voices see. Yeah. Or something but in regards to our photos we didn't get anything videos we didn't really get anything so and you're gonna have nuts like that like it's not what you see on tv folks you're not getting you no know, interaction every investigation that's why most of this stuff is television it's faked uh so just know that when you do go do investigation and you have your hope to, to catch something chances are you may not catch anything Right. But real quickly before moving on, I do want to mention something else about outdoor stuff, because, again, understanding environments is really important. So if you're looking for a place that's super quiet, like you want to go outdoors, but you also want it quiet, a good option, especially for those of you in the north, is to wait until winter when the snow has fallen, because snow dampens sound. If you ever go outside after a nice snow sh- fall, you'll find that everything sounds much more quiet. And that's because the snow basically dampens the sound. It sucks it in instead of allowing the sound to bounce off. You're going to have much clearer EVPs, uh, and you're going to have a whole lot less background noise if you're investigating in the snow. The only thing you need to worry about, which you still have to worry about in the spring, summer, and fall anyway, is the packing of the snow under your feet as you walk or the little animals that are running around, things like that. But Overall, again, use your environment. Like if it's snowing, you're like, oh, it's quiet outside. We should go to such and such then go do it. You'll have a much better uh, opportunity, I think, of catching something on your EVP and not worrying about
1: that EVP being disrupted by some background noise. And I do have to say, don't do like what Justin did and not dress for the weather because we were going to do an investigation in the winter at one point, and I had... Just normal shoes on. I had a, I would probably say a winter jacket, but, you know, I I ended up not being able to walk up because there was so much snow was getting in my shoes. And I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not walking up there. No, that was at the cemetery. That's right. Behind the church, the cemetery behind the church. Uh, <laughs> that you ended up actually going to do I did with end up going to, yeah. one of our former uh, members.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it's really funny. Justin and I rarely ever actually dressed up warmly in the winters because <laughs> it was always about style with us, <laughs> looked apart, don't feel, you know, so, oh,
1: goodness. So it's I, I nugget, do say, so. yeah. <laughs> I do say dress, dress for, for the occasion and for the weather. I'm um, I, I, Especially if you're going to be doing it in the winter, in the spring and summer times, obviously not as important, but still important in a sense because it can get a little chilly at night. Um, and that sort of a thing, especially in certain areas. So mm-hmm. just yep, make sure that sure. you're, you're uh, like, we've been saying from the very beginning, be aware, understand that there are things that you need to take control of to do an investigation. And there are also things that go bump in the night. <laughs> just thought that was a good place to put that, which is why we do investigations. Folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, one thing that we we never really got into was doing like cryptid investigations, which, again, right. an outside location is going to be more your your alley than. Anselmador. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't go in just on to find Bigfoot. Right. And that's Terry and the Hendersons. But that's
0: <laughs> Like the 90s or 80s. So. Just saw that movie not too long ago, actually. Did you? Did you I was going to watch it the other day. I saw it's on Netflix, I
1: think, or something. I
0: like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs>
1: It's a good movie. I just I don't know. Wasn't ready to sit through it. It is a little more corny as an adult as a, than it was as a child. I'll put it that, that. I way. had a feeling it might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to um, private uh, locations. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest thing with this is, I mean, obviously get the name the, of the the team out there. And people will will find you or you can even create a Facebook group or, you know, and add something to that effect where people are going to be able to find you. And the biggest thing, again, for a private location is do your research. Um, I mean, <laughs> not just on the location. Do the research on the people that are asking you. Because just because they're saying that they have paranormal activity it still can be unsafe because they can be might be untruthful people. So make sure you're doing your research in that respect as well, because um, I would hate to tell you guys just to go out there all willy nilly. And then something bad happens because I mean, this world today is just nuts. Yeah. As far as private uh, investigations go mm-hmm. as like for finding locations, what, what, comes to mind for you as far as what should be important for that?
0: Um, <clears throat> well, uh, there's a couple of different things, I guess. Uh, you not- and <laughs> I, you and did a, uh, in, in regards to private, I'm not going to talk about business just yet, but this is more so in regards to private residences. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you and I did do one of those and that was a whole different beast than going into a company property and working. Yeah. Uh, reason being is you go into a company, uh, or a business, a place in business and everything's pretty much clear for you to work. You know, most people's stuff is locked up and put away and this and that. Uh, but when you're going into a private residence, everybody's stuff is right there. Like it's their personal property. That is, you know, you're going to be in their bedrooms. They're going to be in their kitchen, in their kitchens and uh, all that stuff. Uh, so when you walk into a private residence, be very aware, uh, and respectable of all of their stuff. Uh, they're going to have stuff laying around, especially if they have kids, there's going to be things around. So watch your footing. Uh, it may not necessarily be, be cleaned up. um, also, when you go into a private residence, fully understand what it is you're getting yourself into. Uh, first and foremost, before you even step foot into the place, call them up, find out what's going on, find out who's involved, find out uh, if they've had anyone else come out and look at the place and what those people think. You know, things like that. Like a lot of people will say, "Oh, don't tell me anything because you know I don't want to be." Influenced by somebody else's findings, right. but I think if you're going into a private residence, you need to be aware of everything. Because in this case, uh, the one uh, investigation that Justin and I did involved a kid, uh, and this kid was seeing something in his room. It was often sitting in the upright corner, and if I'm not mistaken, it took form as one of the childhood a TV like
1: creature on a TV show. Yeah, it was a cartoon that, that he was watched. fascinated with. Yeah.
0: yeah, but every time he would see, he'd start crying. Um, and so there, there were a couple of things that happened that were both mistakes on our part, also mistakes on the part of the the uh, team that we were working with al- alongside, and also a part of the the residents themselves, the owners, the parents, and whatnot. Uh, everyone has to be together, have to understand everything that's going on, have to be aware of everyone's whereabouts and situations, and basically we have to be on the same page. Because for all different places at different times, it can screw up evidence. It can be confusing. It can – all kinds of things can happen that are just not good for an investigation, both evidence-wise and professionality-wise. So going into a private residence, just be aware of the situation, first and foremost. If a kid is involved, be very aware of the kid and his feelings. Be aware uh, and and know and tell the parents, like, hey – Do you want us to include the kid? Do you not want us to include the kid? Because some parents want the kid included uh, in the investigation because sometimes that will stir up things because kids tend to be more open to the spirits. Uh, But other parents will want to protect their kids. So be aware uh, of that as well. Ask the parents what they want uh, and make sure you follow those rules. Um, And then besides that, I I think. I think just be careful with electronics and things like that, you know, there are moments in an investigation where you may unplug a device because it's making noise and you're hearing it on an EVP or you're hearing it on your uh, whatever sound device you may have on your ears. You know, if you have headphones on and you're listening through a, uh, what do they call those dishes? You know, the big sound dishes that pick up noise better.
1: Oh, um, yeah, I, para- parabolic, I, about- I
0: think a parabolic dish or something. Yeah. Like that. Um, yeah, something like that. But you know, when people are using that, they'll often turn off fridges. And this is nothing that we've done before, but we, I have, not I, but people I've worked with have done it on TV shows, movies and stuff like that that I've worked on. And they forget to plug the fridges back in and then you ruin their property uh, and you got to pay for that. And so it's just these different things you want to be careful of.
1: So, yeah. And actually that's a piece of equipment that we didn't even cover is the parabolic microphone um, last week. So some another piece of equipment, again, that's super expensive and Do you absolutely need it? Probably not, but it is kind of a cool device to try and use. Um, And I think that's a a pretty good place for us to take our break here, folks. So we're going to be right back with Truth Radio right after this.
0: This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like listening to beautiful voices like ours instead of reading words, then head on over to Audible.com where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash paratruth, where you can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratrooth Radio. As always, my name is Justin.
1: And I'm Eric. <laughs> Just trying to throw you guys for a loop. That's all. <laughs> if they don't know the voices to the names by now, man. I mean, unless you're yeah, you're first it. coming in, which then we apologize, kind of. Right.
0: I think it's funny that it threw you because I'm watching you on your screen. He's like, "Wait, what?"
1: <laughs> I was trying to make sure you did it on purpose and not by accident, because <laughs> it has happened before. <laughs> Uh, so
0: in this next segment of the show we're going to talk about uh different manifestations of spirits but before we do that i do have one more thing i want to mention in regards to uh locations and the big thing actually there's two big things i want to mention real quick i'm sorry Uh, the first one is (coughs) the first one is be aware of the parking situation not all vehicles can be parked on the roads at all times, most of these investigations are going throughout the night and most cities will not allow you to keep cars on the street in the middle of the night mm. uh, without permission. So, like, lo- uh, so contact the local police department, let them know what the situation is and that you're going to be parking cars out there. They're going to ask for license plates, numbers, uh, and you'll be fine. Otherwise, and of course, it's easy with a business, but if you're private resident's Find a way if maybe you can park in driveways or if there's a certain parking lot somewhere else that you can park uh, and then walk over because that's going to be the best way to protect yourself. Uh, And of course, lock your doors. If you're going to keep equipment in the cars, you're not going to necessarily take everything in with you. Keep the doors locked because you never know, Uh,
1: especially depending on the neighborhood that you're working in. Unless there's a place that you can set up a like an HQ type deal. Yeah, I mean... well, and most
0: base camps are going to be indoors, I think, uh, minus the residences. If you're working in private residences, you're right. probably going to have your headquarters in a van or of a car or something like that. Um, but I yeah, mean, so locked just, doors
1: either way, but I'm just saying yeah. you might not always have your equipment in your car. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so just a small thing to think
0: about. And then the last thing regarding locations is be aware of how large the location is. Uh, for those of you who have for those of you who have or intend to have a large a large group or a large uh, team, yeah. a small location may not be a good idea to, to have like 10 or 12 people. You may only take on five, you know, three to five people. Uh, that means having to tell some of your team members, hey, you can't come tonight. So be it. Uh, it it's or better to have if you have multiple cases, split it up. Yeah, if you way. have multiple cases or you have a big location, it might be good to bring on a couple people uh, from other teams and whatnot. But the the main priority is to keep the noise level down as much as possible. And the best way to do that is to keep your team relatively small when you're in these, Hmm. depending on where you're at. Uh, We have done investigations, two investigations in particular, uh, one at Ghost Alley and one at Rockefeller Center. Uh, both of which the teams were a little too large. Uh, one team we actually combined, or actually both teams we combined with. We were there with right. both teams, and it was just way too much noise. There are people everywhere. There's a lot of talking. Uh, it was screwing up the evidence. Uh, you know, it was just all kinds of things that just wasn't good or kosher for
1: the investigation. So, being well, just just one point I can make on that is at Rockefeller Center we also in, invited people that were not a part of our team at all, like is any true. paranormal this is true. team. So. I mean, here's the deal. If if you're doing this just with friends and you're doing areas that are not like businesses or homes, then okay, do it with your friends. Um, when we t- decided to do Rockefeller Center, I think we were trying to impress some ladies that wanted to be a part of a paranormal investigation. And I, I feel that it... it kind of hindered the investigation a little too much to the point that it, it took away from the investigation but it did impress the ladies <laughs> just putting it out there
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you balance that as you weigh that as you will <laughs> um, <laughs> so moving on I think that's pretty much all we need to really talk about locations if you have any questions regarding locales uh, how to go about finding them how to reach out to somebody um. Feel free to email us, text, not text us. We don't have a purpose But feel free to email us, message us. You know all the different ways you can contact us. Uh, and, and when it comes to reaching out to people, simply look up, look them up. You can you can call libraries and stuff like that. Reach people. It's no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have questions, feel free to reach to us. Um, so moving on to our next segment, we wanted to talk talk a little bit about the types of hauntings that you may encounter when you're on in these investigations.
1: Um, well one of the most common ones and it's probably the most joked about form of manifestation is Eric I'm sure you, you're already knowing where I'm going with this is the orb now <laughs> I I do feel that orbs can be evidence if there's specific uh, things that that are ab- about the orb. Uh, for example, if it has its own inner light, if it looks like there's nothing inside of it, because usually an orb that's an insect, you'll be able to see what looks like kind of a nucleus, but there's it, that would be the body of the, the bug. So, first and foremost, make sure that if you're outside, beware of bugs. If it's rained, if there's dew on the grass that sort of a thing to um, debunk the, the orbs. Mm-hmm.
0: Some of the best ways to really figure that, that out, by the way, if, if you go online and look up pictures of bugs in night vision, uh, and, and you can type in like bugs versus orbs in night vision um, or infrared, you'll see a clear difference between what an orb looks like compared to a dust particle or a bug. Um, no, I think the the, the orbs are going to be much more difficult to to uh, debunk in a photo than they will in a video because they're non-movement. They're not moving. They're not disappearing or anything. They're just a freeze frame. But the good thing to know is if there's dust, if it's a dust particle, there's going to be more than one orb. It's going to be like a ton of orbs. You're never going to have one piece of dust that flies in front of the camera. Uh, and if it's a bug, you're going to clearly see a very – a bright section with a little bit of flutter on the sides that isn't perfectly round so that's just the basic thing but again you can look it up online and you'll get some info uh, so you can better prepare yourself for those
1: yeah another one that uh, is kind of common and we've already mentioned it is the mist and again, mm-hmm. This also depends on if you're inside or outside. If you're getting a mist inside, more than likely that's some type of manifestation. Unless, for example, and I've seen it happen, people are smoking during the investigation. Now, most of the ones that I've seen that are people smoking are during an outside investigation. But whether it's inside or outside, you have to make sure that a, your team knows there will be no smoking during the investigation. If they have to smoke, they need to go somewhere where they're not a part of the investigation to do that. So I feel that uh, this can be another one of those questionable ones because also, too, it can be just be somebody's breath if it's a cold night. So make sure you're able to debunk it properly when, when it's happening. Mm hmm. I completely agree. Uh, that's what
0: The next one, I think I'm actually going to broaden the scope a little bit more, and I want to talk a little bit about the classic or intelligent haunting. They're one and the same. It's the classic haunting or the intelligent haunting. And basically, the intelligent haunting, as it's most commonly known as today, is basically an entity that will communicate with you, that... Here's a question. learns to the question and understands it. They may also do things like uh, walk across floors or open and close doors, flick lights. Uh, they may touch somebody uh, gently or caress them or something like that. Pull on their hair. Um, there may be electronic interferences or you know things like sense uh, of things like uh, food or cigars or perfume, things like that, which can also go along with residual hauntings as well. But these are things that. Are common in intelligent hauntings. Uh, These are hauntings that'll react, uh, that'll basically react to your acting. You know, whenever you say something, it'll react to you. If you ask questions, it'll react. If you tell them to do something, it'll react. Uh, so, So these are probably some of the most common hauntings that I think people look for and I think people find. And they're probably some of the most interesting hauntings. For sure, mm-hmm. because you're communicating supposedly one-on-one with whatever
1: it is on the other side. Right, right. Well, and I think... I don't want to say a lot of them are intelligent hauntings, but it seems like a lot of the ones that we ended up doing and ended up getting some type of evidence um, was a an intelligent haunting unless it was residual and somehow it was just interacting with what we were saying. But, Mm -hmm. um, as far as what evidence we came across and, you know, in regards to the answers that we got, it was answers to stuff we were asking or, or even just talking about. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I think that's a good way to debunk the difference between residual and, um, um, intelligent is if it just keeps saying my name is sam then more than likely it's caught in a loop and it's a residual haunting and it, it's not answering anything that you're saying mm-hmm.
0: uh, another type of haunting that is probably the most famous type of haunting is the poltergeist haunting mm. Poltergeist, of course, made most famous by the movie Poltergeist, uh, is probably one that people fear most, but also find the most exhilarating because this is a type of haunting in which things seem to move and shake and uh, open and shut and fly and all that kind of stuff. Uh, people being slapped and pull, pulled and pushed and, you know, basically a poltergeist haunting is a trickery hunting. It's supposedly like uh, a, a, a a playful ghost. I guess is another way that people have put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the playful ghosts, the ones who like to tease and trick and do all that kind of stuff, uh, mostly. As far as we you know, to cause some type of anxiety or fear in the person. Um, we've never heard of a poltergeist haunting, killing anybody, but. That doesn't mean it can't kill somebody. I mean, there have been people pushed down steps before in Poltergeist hauntings. Uh, so it's something to be careful of when you're investigating. If you do notice some type of Poltergeist activity, probably be careful of what it is you're doing, what you're saying. Provoking isn't necessarily the best idea uh, as the Poltergeist will get stronger uh, or at least pick up in some way and that could end up causing you know, trouble for people hurting them or even following people home.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, uh, we had guy Lion play for on. It, it's been a while now, actually, uh, to talk about the Enfield poltergeist that Ed and Lorraine Warren were called in on. A lot of people believe that this case was fake even when guy was there, but even more so when Ed and Lorraine Warren got there, um, even guy had told us that, when Ed and Lorraine had got there, a lot of the activity had died down. And mm. a lot of people have believed for a while that the, the stuff that the Warrens put in their books was dramatized to sell books. But um, I, I loved talking to Guy Lyon about this because it's one of the very few cases that we've talked about with with an actual person that's done an investigation on it.
0: So the next haunting, which probably the most dangerous haunting that we're going to ever discuss is that of demonic hauntings. Demonic hauntings are just that they're hauntings that involve demonic entities. Now, some people you talk to are going to believe that these demonic hauntings are rare. Uh, and in fact, in, in fact, affects only around 1% to 3% of hauntings, but there's others who believe that all hauntings are going to be demonic in some sense of, of the term. Uh, it's just that some demons are a little more subtle, while others are much more uh, exuberant and are going to force themselves, basically, mm-hmm. to, to scare you. Um, so one thing to do when it comes to... Dem- well, first of all, how do you know it's demonic and to, or demonic uh, haunting? Well, you're going to feel it when you walk in. If, if it's a full force demonic content, you're going to feel it. If they're hiding it, you're going to have to do some work to find out. But if it's a demonic content, typically there's a couple of signs. One, you're going to start feeling sick, queasy, lightheaded, uh, things like that. You're going to get headaches. Um, you're going to feel just like there's a presence a thickness in the room. Uh, some contribute this to, uh, EMF, high EMF. reading. I going <laughs> Uh, But there are also others that will contribute it to mold, in particular, black mold or a place that's really damp. You're going to mm-hmm. get the same feeling, a feeling of humidity. Basically, the atmosphere is heavy and thick and it's hard to breathe. Uh, so those are some of the signs. Uh You're also going to find that it's going to affect people differently. People are going to be more vulnerable and they're also going to become uh angry or violent or sad or uh, disturbed in some way that is outside of their norm. Right. So that's another thing to, to be aware of. Others are thoughts. People who are doing the investigation may start having bad thoughts. It could be thoughts of murder, suicide, uh, just evil things happening. Even though they're like the nicest person in the world, they may start thinking things that they don't really think of. And it's going to be scary. You know, you're going to feel scared. You're going to... Your senses are going to be heightened to a way that's just... Everything that happens is going to freak you out. Right. Uh, you're also going to find... Huge changes in atmospheric pressure, possibly. You're going to see changes in temperature. You're going to see changes in your own body. You're going to see changes in your mind. See change- All kinds of different things are going to happen with this stuff. You're also going to see possibly, if it's bad enough, uh, that the entity is going to start afflicting pain, a physical pain. They're going to slap. They're going to punch. They're going to scratch. They're going to push and pull and bruise and do whatever they can in that, uh, manner to affect people who are investigating. So these are all really big ways you're going to find out that it's possibly a demonic entity. Uh, if you're walking into a private residence or even a business and they're saying, the owners are saying, look, I feel such and such and they're feeling depressed, they're feeling uh tied down or, you know, something like that, that's a good hint that, hey, something may be wrong here. And the person feels withdrawn socially, mentally, spiritually, things like that. So, Again, these are, with, with demonic entities, all these things I just listed are going to be in the point at the points where these entities are just taking over. They're going to be very strong. They're going to not be hiding anything anymore. They're just going to let it out. Uh, but there are moments, and I think most moments, where a demonic entity is going to play it cool. They're going to stay in the back shadows, mislead you into believing there's something else uh, in order to either get you to leave or just to simply make you believe that there's a human spirit there. Uh, there's been a strong belief in evidence that points toward little kids and little girls in particular, uh, aren't really little girls, but are instead right. demonic entities manifesting as little girls or as little kids. Um, you know, children are one of the most probably like the prime suspect in the spirit world is a demonic ent- entity haunting a place. Uh, so if you do see a little chilled child or you're interacting with a little child just remember that demonic entities often portray themselves as these little children according to the current world standard of right which is, what, that,
1: is a what I find fascinating is now obviously I believe in human spirits okay I'm not gonna say that every haunting is demonic haunting but how can you say that a little girl or a, a child haunting is a demon but, but not an adult haunting and I've said that's this, what I'm saying that's what I've said before. Not that I don't it believe it. Sense. Not that I don't believe in human spirits that are on, on here and they're, they're what's here. But um, you can't say that, okay, if it's a child ghost, do not go in there. That's a demon. Get the priest. Let's go.
0: <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, I, I've said that too. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, oh, let's walk into a place. Hey, look, it's all these adult spirits. They must be dead human beings. Let's talk with them. And I walk into another place. Like, oh, it's all these dead kids. The place is demonic. Oh my god, be careful! They're gonna kill us or eat us or whatever the humans do. They're like, dude, I, whatever is, those adult ones are, could very
1: well still be this right. The demons. They're just <laughs> playing something else. Like, come on, like it's stupidity. Right. Um, well, and that's one thing that we've talked about before. I, I believe it was last season. Is protecting yourself and. Mm-hmm. It, even let's say for sakes argument um that it is human spirits. I personally don't want a human spirit coming home with me. I, I don't care if they're good, bad, indifferent. Otherwise, Um I, I just don't want a spirit in my house. <laughs> so, I mean, regardless of whatever it is obviously be prepared to protect yourself and, and know what's going on. Like we've been saying this entire episode, be aware. Um, but it, when you brought that up, it it's just every time somebody says that, I'm like, it it doesn't make any sense. Why would it just a child spirit be a demonic spirit and not anything else? Because children are creepy. That's <laughs> the only thing I can think of. Okay. I mean, uh, you got me there. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: um. so let's move on to the next haunting again be very aware with the hauntings because i i'm one of those who believe that all hauntings can very well be demonic hauntings mm. it's but you know you never know so if you do believe in human spirit hauntings just be careful right uh the next haunting which again i think is pretty frequent and it's one that you and i have witnessed multiple times is the shadow man haunting mm-hmm A shadow man haunting is simply a haunting in which you tend to see shadows a lot. Uh, These shadows tend to move around corners at or tend to move. Sorry. These shadows tend to move around at the corner of your eyes. You rarely ever see them straight on. They're always just, you know, darting around. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can feel like something's watching you. You may dream of shadows or like some type of beings with red eyes. Uh, you may I do have sleep to say,
1: paralysis. more more times than not, they're humanoid looking in nature. They it? are humanoid,
0: yes. More times than not, they are humanoid looking. Um, you may experience sleep paralysis with shadow people hauntings, um, and then one which actually I didn't know, and I just found this in my research too, is that you may hear a high-pitched squealing or screaming sound during Shadow Man Hauntings. I have not uh, heard that really before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so very interesting. Uh, so I think Shadow Man Hauntings is one that you and I both witnessed. I witnessed it. I mean, I still witness it to these days. I don't know what to call them hauntings, but you still see shadows at the corner of your okay. eyes, and they are humanoid. Um, so I feel like there's always something lurking around. But I experienced the most during the demonic attachment that I had, um, and that haunting. And those are the ones where I did see them straight on. And even the shadow man hauntings, you can see the shadow man like straight on as well, but it's more common to see out the corner of your eye. Right. Uh, so shadow, I don't know, shadow man hauntings are kind of like a dark aura or a dark energy. Uh, and it is a little bit different than some of these other hauntings that we've talked about aside from the demonic hauntings. Uh, they're kind of in their own category, but they are, I think shadow man haunting is a little more difficult. I think to 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 investigate because you really need to be able to see the shadows in order to discern whether or not it's right. a shadow man haunting. Debunk it, right? Yeah, uh, and, and then it's weird. Like those are the times it's going to be hard because you're going to be like investigating, and when you do see that shadow you're going to want to try to debunk it, but you got to figure out exactly where you saw the shadow. And that's where it gets difficult because you're seeing things out the corner of your eye. Your perspective is off. So then when you turn and you see where you think you saw the shadow, you may realize, wait a second, or is that where I saw the shadow? How is the best way of debunking this, you know? Right. Um, And just make um, sure it's not your own shadow. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure it's not your own shadow. Do you have anything you want to say on this before I transition? Nope. Okay. Uh, But one of the things that's really interesting about shadow man hauntings is that some theories regarding these shadow men are that they are actually interdimensional beings or other dimensional beings. And there are people who have theory that shadow people are actually, as I mentioned, demons, because I think they're most of these spirits, if not all of them are demons or even aliens. Hmm. Now that brings us into our next haunting, and that is and our final haunting, unless you have another one later, and that is hauntings by other entities. Uh, the first one I think I want to bring up, and I'm only going to mention a couple. Of, actually, let me just give you broad scope real quick. A couple of small mentions, uh, and those are going to be hauntings by werewolf-like entities, black dogs, black cats. Uh, a number of different animal types, goat hauntings, Bigfoot hauntings. I mean, you, you name it. There's so many different hauntings out there that happen in the spiritual sense. It's just blind mind blowing. <laughs> um, but the last one and probably one of the most popularized is that of alien hauntings. Uh, which is a weird thing to say when you think about it. Right. I'm haunted by aliens. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not typically what you say when it comes to aliens. You say. I am being abducted or or visitation, yeah, that sort of thing. By aliens, things like that. Uh, One thing about aliens, and this is something you and I have discussed many, 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 many times uh, throughout the history of Parachute Radio, and that is that there is a vastly interesting intertwined connection between aliens and demonic entities. When you do the research, and you see the, the, the reports that people have, the victim reports, I guess we'll call them, uh, of people who've witnessed both aliens and or demons. Mm-hmm. We find that the interactions are vastly similar. And one thing that I think is really interesting, I was watching, and it reminded me last week, because I was watching an episode of Ghost Adventures last week. And one of the men, uh, I think it was Jay uh he was down in this in a cell i think it was like a uh, in a psych ward hmm. and he was freaking out he was sleeping down and he was getting all weird and it was a demonic entity and they knew that there was a demonic entity there and he, it was the weirdest thing to him because he said that he looked up and he saw a figure standing there a black shadow figure but it was an alien and it looked like what you would think an alien would look like hmm. and then he said man i think these it's it looks like an alien, but I'm telling you it's a demonic entity. Like I'm feeling a demonic presence. And it, it, you'd have to watch it to really see what he's saying. But it's it's just so compelling to me. Like, wow, all the stuff we've theorized over the years about aliens and demons. Here's somebody on national television saying, I've seen an alien just now that I know or I'm confident is a demon. And this is someone who tends to practice the occult and divination and things like that. So it's not like this is a man who's a straight up, you know, God honoring Christian type man per se. You right. know, this is somebody who's who's out there doing the investigations in his own way. Um, it was just like, wow, that's that's really interesting to me. But aside from aliens, there are other hauntings, even other than those that I've mentioned before, because we all do have or many people on this earth have different faiths and beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so there are other forms of spirits, according to these other people. Uh, and that is fairies. They'd be haunted by fairies, leprechaun, jinn, uh, the Loa, which we talked about recently mm. on one of our voodoo episodes. Uh, and of course, different gods and deities of ancient times. Uh, and of course, a number of other things. And, and these hauntings can happen in houses, in businesses, in caves, in. W- Oceans and rivers and mountains and woods and you know, all kinds of different territories. These songs don't have to take place in a house, they can take place anywhere. Uh, it, when it comes to really determining some of those other ones, like, are right. they fairies? Or are they? I'll like, be honest with you, I have no idea how you go about proving or disproving those hauntings because I've never ha- hunted for a fairy.
1: Right. Right. Well, and like it, it's one of those ones that you don't really hear about that often either. So, like, how how would you even go about investigating? Not in the U.S. Not in the U.S. Well, right, we'll, right.
0: As our good friends say, take a hop and a skip over the pond. Right. We may find
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a fairy to haunt somebody. <laughs> um, and I've heard of fairy hauntings uh, overseas, but. In America, yeah, you don't normally hear about fairy hauntings. You will hear about uh, ancient Native American hauntings. You'll hear about demonic hauntings. You'll hear about, you know, your typical hauntings that we've already talked about. Um, But yeah, some of those mythological ones where
1: we're talking about fairies or the djinn or, you know, different things like that. Well, I haven't even heard of people saying that they're haunted by ancient gods. So... I mean, again, yeah. I haven't done a whole lot of research into that type of stuff, but I mean, I'm not saying that because it hasn't sir, happened. I
0: need you to come do an investigation at my house because I do believe I am being. <laughs> I screwed it up. <laughs> i to try it again. <laughs> my dear friends, I do believe I need your help because I
1: think I am being haunted by Apollo. <laughs> I don't know that Apollo would be one of the ones, but maybe (laughs) an ancient God, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I guess, like I said, it is possible, but I've never, I I don't know if you've ever heard of that before doing any type of research today, but I've never heard of, I mean, that's like saying I'm being haunted by Jesus.
0: That doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) I mean, not in nowhere near the same thing, but then again, it, it kind of makes sense because there's a strong belief, even in the Christian community and outside of the Christian community, that ancient gods were actually demonic entities, uh, that God ended up casting out, uh, that Jesus ended up casting out.
1: Well, there's a so lot there of people is, that believe that the ancient gods were extraterrestrial in nature as well. Well, hmm. yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of different beliefs. So I can see why there might be a, a, uh, A haunting by an ancient
0: god. I don't know if anyone would actually call them ancient gods anymore. I think they. Right. I think even the demons would go by different names by that by now. Um, But who knows, man? I mean, when you think about it, most of the ancient gods, aside from, um, aside from the great I am, which is the god of the Bible, who of course is ancient, um, most of them are more or less dead you know, no one really
1: follows right. most of those other ancient gods, so. All right, folks, I think that's all we got for you this week for location and types of hauntings. Uh, definitely interesting stuff. I, I do encourage you guys to look into the, the different stuff that we've talked about, more so the types of hauntings than um, how to find a location because, obviously, we gave you a generalization, but In the long run, really what it comes down to is research, research, research. So definitely make sure you're doing that if you're planning on doing an investigation or you're planning on getting a team started and all that. um, Next week, we are planning on having a talk about um, evidence and equipment setup slash placement, that sort of a thing. So stay tuned for that. Um, And... Make sure you're checking out the numerous places that we're at. We're on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spreaker, uh, pretty much where you can find fine podcasts. You will find Paratruth Radio, as well as TMV Cafe, Conflict Radio, and Fringe Radio Network as well. All right, folks. So until next week, where you will find us, same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric.